Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to the Gated Community. It's quite a nice day looking outside. There's no rain or anything. I've still got a massive skip in the uh, the front of the uh, the house because of the uh, the bathroom issue. It's going well. It's going well. It's just a couple of things we need to tie up. But I'll tell you what, there's a, an old couple walked past me because I had to apply for permission. The gate community just don't let any skip in here. You have to apply and it, it needs to be like um, a proper posh skip. Uh, but, you know, people have been walking past and there's an old couple walk past every day with a dog and they have a good look inside my skip and I don't know how I feel about that. I, that's, that sounded very Lorraine Kelly. I don't know what I feel about that. I don't. No, back to you in the studio. But I don't because, you know, there's stuff in there. There's a lot of the building stuff. I'll put an old bike in there. Well, that's what the builder said. Just use it for what you want. So I'll put that in there and I'll put a couple old shelves in there. Um, what else? Well, it's just general debris. General debris. I used to work with him on Rubbish FM. But... Um, so, but they, they I don't know, you know, they walk past and, and they look up and I, I went to the window, to, I gave them a stare. I gave them a stare because you're not supposed to look at other people's skips in the gated community. It's just not on. I gave them a stare. I think I'm going to report it. And they will be in serious trouble. They could be like, probably thrown out the gated community. Maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. I just want to do it. Hey, um, anyway, uh, what are we talking about today? Tons of stuff to talk about today. Um... Yeah, Keir Starmer stepped in. Yes, finally he stepped in and went, oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. You've got to have, uh, you know, you've got to work out uh, a quick, you know, circuit breaker. We need a circuit breaker uh, to, to break the uh, the transmission rates. Actually, here in Ely, in, in East Cambridgeshire, uh, our rates are going up. We're a red, we're red. In there, so I, I went out for a coffee yesterday, but I was nervous about it. I was nervous when I went. Mm, I was in a coffee shop, no, no. So I'm not going out today, but uh, but we are in there. But anyway, uh, Keir Starmer stepped up. The Starmer stepped up, and he looked nervous. Let's be honest, he looked nervous, and he stepped up and he said, hey, "Look, because uh, he's been criticised, hasn't he, for uh, not saying enough and, and supporting the government." But as the as, as Keir Starmer said. If that's the only thing that's on offer, these these uh, local lockdowns, then we have to support because there's nothing else. But he said we need this. But the problem is, everybody, is track and trace. Our track and trace is... The circle one is crap. And I've said before uh, on this very podcast, this very... The, well, the very podcast, I said that as well, that, uh, you know, the track and trace was already in place. We had council track and trace geared up. They do exercise. They know how to do this. They know the local community. They know where everything is. But no, the circle got involved, 12 billion quid. By the way, that looks like it's going to be, there's a couple of people going to sue uh, for where all that money has gone. Where is it all gone? To companies that were only set up in the last month uh, with 100 quid in the bank. Yeah, and they've and some of them don't even know how to provide uh, PPE, all this stuff. When you know, I I don't think you'll ever get to see it, folks. I honestly don't. I honestly don't. But as soon as Keir Starmer uh, said that he uh, was doing this, and a senior source, Laura Kunzberg and Peston, all dived in and said a senior source in Number Ten. Well, the senior source, everybody, is Dominic Cummings, right? 
That's how it is. And now he just tells them all, this is, oh, we're angry about Keir Starmer making, he's saying playing with playing politics with people's lives. <laughs> That's coming from the Tories. That is coming from the Tories. Anyway, he was saying, so but I'm sick and tired of this briefing that goes on before even, uh, you know, it gets announced in the House of Commons. It doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't get... So you get the briefings and they say to each other, so we get fed these wee droplets. Oh, that's a wee bit topical, isn't it? Um, we get fed these wee bits of information just to let us know, right, OK, you know, this is happening. And, this. and then when the Prime Minister says it, he enlarges, but we essentially know what's going on. And if you work in the media... You get you get these things. You get e you get emails saying it's embargo to embargo tool tomorrow. All right, so you're not supposed to announce it. But these briefings are one up step up from that. So this idea of uh, you know a senior source. Do whenever somebody tweets that or says that a senior source, it's Dominic Cummings, right? And they should be made to name them uh, the sources they're using, but they don't. They don't. And the, the, you know a lot of criticism goes out that uh, you know that uh, people like Laura Kunzberg and Peston and uh, they're just bit mouthpieces for the government and they've got to watch this because they're political. They are. They could be. They are, they're supposed to be journalists and uh, aside that sort of thing. I know that when I worked on the BBC, uh, you know you had to watch how you interviewed people because they they would go and complain and whinge. You had to give them a fair shout. I was really in the notion last night of some cake. Oh, man, I was watching now, break, Bake Off. Oh, Sura was... Uh, oh, sorry. Spoiler alert, listen away now. Sura was uh, voted off last night. She went well, uh, to be fair. Her, um, her showpiece at the end, it wasn't baked. It was, it, was, it was raw. So she had to go. There's two of them in it, in it but she had to go. And she didn't have a good uh, sort of technical... As well, and uh, and they all made um, actually. If I'm really honest, listeners, and I don't know, I know there's some of you like the Bake Off, some of you don't, but I think this is a really poor crowd this year. I do. The only thing that's saving it is Matt Lucas. I love Matt Lucas. He seems like a nice guy, doesn't he? My nose are running. Sorry. Anyway, I just I, I just I thought I would have a wee a wee look at see what's available uh, around the world of puddings. Around the world with puddings. You could have some apple strudel in Austria. Oh, the apple strudel. Apple strudel. Baklava. No, I think they made baklava on Bake Off. It's dozens of uh, deli delicate layers melt into a single tender bite. Oh, a single tender bite. Arr. In this syrupy confection, which is among the sweetest legacies of the Ottoman Empire, you can get it's the Ottoman furniture, isn't it? You can try that. Black Forest cake. Oh, yeah, I love a bit of Black Forest cake. I've got a great story about a mate of mine, him and his, his wife love Black Forest uh, yogurt, but I can't tell you anymore. I'll let you just fill that in, right? But they love Black Forest yogurt, and that's all I'm saying. They told me, actually, they told me in the pub. It's quite embarrassing. What about some Borma, uh, which is Middle East and Turkey, I not mean Turkey the meat, threads of crisp golden nefa dough bread wrapped around a rich nut filling in this sweet... Oh, I'm going to just put, record that. Oh, I've, I've decided to use my wee dictaphone a bit more because I'm... Right. Uh, rich nut filling. Rich nut 
Thank you. Um, but, uh, while baklava uh, hides its filling in the side of modest flour of filo dough, borma is rolled and sliced, showing a cross-section of colourful pistachios. I quite like pistachios. Brownies? Yeah, they baked brownies last night, but they were rubbish brownies last night. Oh, they weren't. No, they just didn't get in the top. Oh, ca cannoli. Cannoli. Oh, no, I've seen these. These are like... Um, uh, a, a shattering crisp shell gives way to a creamy cheese filling in this Sicilian classic. Yeah, but I think you have to be in the mafia. Whose roots, whose roots reach deep into the island's diverse culinary history. I might just say, anybody who lives in Sicily, we don't, we don't think all of you are in the mafia. What about cardamom buns? I used to work with cardamom buns. Hang on. Cardamom buns. Cardamom bun. Thank you. Cardamom buns, uh, uh, cinnamon bun, yeah, cinnamon bun. Kendall, Sendal or Kendall from Singapore. On afternoons in Singapore, locals cool off with this chilled and silky sweet concoction. Oh, chocolate chip cookies, uh, United States. Nice, yeah, yeah, I'll take that one. Chocolate mousse, oh, I love the mousse. Mind you, I do like Angel Delight, don't you? Oh, I love Angel Delight. We used to do a lot, a lot when the boys were growing up, but we don't do it now. Coconut cake, don't like coconut. Coconut and marzipan. I don't know what it is about coconut. I think it's the bits. You know, the eating the, last night one of the bakers had it. It's, but it's the bits that get in your teeth. You know, don't like it. Corns de gazelle in Morocco. Uh, what is, in this classic version, a thin layer of dough curves around a filling of ground almonds scented with orange blossom water. Since cornets, cornets de gazelle are baked just in just until they're lightly golden, the dough remains a tender texture that melts into the center. See, the problem with that is when do you know it's tender, you know, and it's not raw? Oh, creme brulee, France. Oh, I love the creme brulee. Oh, I do. It's fantastic. I love that breaking through into oh man. Dan Tats. Dan, Dan Tats, Hong Kong. What about uh, follow the wafting scent of egg custard into a Hong Kong bakery to sample one of the territory's most iconic treats? Perfectly sized for eating out of hand, Dan Tats are best enjoyed fresh from the oven when the warm uh, custard meets a perfectly well, the custard pie part tart, certainly meets a perfectly crisp crust. And with a map-spanning backstory, Dan Tats are among the uh, the tastiest symbols of globalization. Take a note of that. Dan Tats. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. East Esterhaus Torta in Hungary. That looks like what well, a Bakewell tart. Yeah. Flan. I like flan. The flan's got something. Well, it's a bit kind of sticking. It is. Goat gato fondant or fondant. Oh yeah. Oh, it comes out in the middle again. How do you know it's not raw? Gelato. That's your ice creamer. Ice cream, I don't know why I said it that way. Gulab Jamum in India. Where's that then? A lush syrupy distillation of milky flavour. Uh, these deep fried Indian treats are anything but a simple donut. No, 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 they're just not a simple donut. Japanese cake, cheesecake. What's different Japanese cake? If uh, a uh, cheesecake aficionado finds New York version a, a travel high heavy, no, I like New York cheesecake. This Japanese treat may be a revelation. In the creamy sweet, which blends the flavorful tang of cheesecake with a loft of sponge cake, 
The richness of lightly coloured cheese is offset by a light and airy texture. Oh, what about this one? Kashata. Kashata. Uh, East Africa. Wander through a market in East Anglia to find this golden sweet, which blends a satisfying crunch of caramelised sugar with the rich heft, oh, the rich heft of peanuts. I'm going to The rich heft of peanuts. The rich heft of peanuts. Thank you, madam. All right, it's uh, bridging the gap now. Okay. Right, I better get on with the uh, pod. Sorry, I, I've been distracted, haven't I? What are we going to talk about today? What can we talk about? Well, I've talked about the fact that Sura's off uh, Bake Off, but I said, you know, I don't think they're going to, um, I don't think they're going to be uh, too uh, good, these lot. They might get better. They might get better. Uh, you wear headphones, you know, the big ones. Yeah, very often when you see people walking around the street, especially the youngsters, they've got the headphones on, not the in-ear ones, the big ones. And they look like Cybermen, don't they? They look, you know, when they're walking, they're like, oh, wow, it's a Cyberman. No, I never found it. I never found Doctor Who at all scary. I knew, I always knew it was, mind you, I don't like sci-fi, but I always kind of knew. Yeah, I didn't know. I never went behind the couch. Well, we didn't have a couch. We were in Scotland, we didn't have couch. No, no, we just, uh, we used to just hide behind each other, really. We didn't have seats or anything like that in the old days. Um, Huntsman spider, horrifying, horrifying? Horrifying moment. Man finds a huge huntsman spider hiding in his headphones. Yes. After feeling it tickle his ear. Ooh, would you have spotted it? Ollie Hurst. Guess where he's based? He's based in Perth, not Scotland. But I think it's in Australia. He felt a tickle in his ear after putting his headphones on. He pulled them off to discover a huge huntsman spider taking refuge inside them. I could die. I could absolutely knew I could feel something tickling my ear. <laughs> That's not Australian, is it? <laughs> Good day, mate. I absolutely knew I could feel something tickling my ear. <laughs> He's a plumber. He discovered a huge huntsman spider inside of his noise-cancelling headphones and shared his terrifying footage of the insects tucked inside the ear padding. He only felt the tickle after putting his headphone for, or headphones on for work. When he pulled them off, he discovered this huge huntsman spider. <gasps> wow. And you should see the size of this thing. It's like a crab. What? Why? Yeah, and it's, it, uh, the headphones haven't got that mesh at the front to cover, so it goes straight into it. I think there must be ear defenders. <gasps> He turned the headphones in upside down and began to shake them until they get the huntsman out, but the arachnid wouldn't budge. Well, it wouldn't, would it? It's comfortable in there. It's got, our headphones would be quite nice. It's got the spongy stuff in there. He doesn't want to come out. He's happy in there. <laughs> He's me now. Uh, Mr. Hurst continued to shake the phone, but the dish wouldn't come out. The uh, footage showed him laughing before dropping the headphones and walking away. One social media user said they could abandon their life altogether after being confronted with a similar sight. What they? What they? Right then. All right, you just threw them away. New earmuffs, new helmet, new work clothes, new car, new job in the state, new state. They joked. Right. While spiders strike fear in many people, huntsmen are fairly docile. Oh, well, that's rubbish then. If they're not going to bite you and give you some kind of ear infection. Um, just to let you know, uh, Iceland have uh, fired a chicken nugget into space. And I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure. I don't think we need any. Um, you know, 
It's a stunt. Well, I don't think they fired that they've put it onto a balloon. Chicken Nugget is launched into space to celebrate 50th anniversary of Iceland. My brother-in-law used to work for Iceland. They get taken over by B-Jams, didn't it? Yeah, B-Jams. My brother-in-law actually get, uh, he get uh, robbed twice in his shop. He, had to, he, was, he was in London somewhere and he got robbed twice by armed people. They, they came in for the till and I think some uh, sort of chicken and ice cream. One small step for, right, so it's uh, experts use meteorological weather balloon to lift the nugget into stratosphere. The bread is snack uh, battled 60 degrees temperatures in a two-hour journey into uh, 110 feet, 110,000 feet. Right, right, so it's been set in there to uh, celebrate that. So pictures show us what it's believed to be the first, what? Ever nugget to fly into space. <sighs> So a nugget in, nugget in space. The bread is snack took just under two hours to reach its peak above the earth. But I have to tell you, as I am, uh, excuse me, I'm just going to wee drink. Mm. Mm. I have to tell you, that's not the only uh, strange things that have been punted into space. You've got, uh, what other things, monkeys. Remember, monkeys, uh, sadly, during the early stage of the space exploration, animals are used, uh, monkeys and dogs. Remember, the first uh, animal spent, sent to space was Lakey, Laka. The, oh, sorry. We better burp there. That's not a proper burp, it's just a throat burp. Laka was whisked from the streets of Moscow and became the first animal to orbit Earth with the launch of Sputnik 2. I wonder what was good about that dog. What did the Lincoln think about Laka? What else has been punted in? Musical instruments? Yeah, that's been done. Uh, anything else? Pizza! Oh, wait a minute. In 2001, Pizza Hut. Uh, pizza Hut or Pizza Express. Uh, what's the best one? Pizza? Yeah, Pizza Hut. I like Domino's as well. In 2001, I love the hotel when they actually did the um, the crust. Remember they put cheese in the crust? And you think that you realise, of course, that there is somebody inventing these things. Somebody's actually... Right, well, how can we improve a pizza? Pizzas are a bit boring. How do we improve it? Let's put cheese in the crust. Pizza Hut became the first company to make a delivery into space when, through an odd turn of events, they struck a deal with the Russian space agency, Roscomos. Roscomos? I used to listen to Emperor Roscoe. Ma, 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 super fly. To have a pizza delivered to the International Space Station. The delivery was reportedly worth a million dollars at the time, and you, uh, a Russian cosmonaut, Yuri Yuzakchov, uh, they all called Yuri the uh, astronauts, Russian astronauts. Yuri Gagarin, he was the first one, wasn't he? He did. He was the first one to orbit the Earth. He was the first one to go up and orbit the Earth. Uh, was a lucky recipient and enjoyed it. Healthy comforts. Space burials, yeah, you can spend, send ashes up there as well. Space is teeming with danger that could potentially kill anyone, but who ventures there? But if you're already dead, what have you got to lose? Luke Skywalker's lightsaber could have gone up, uh, has been up there as well. Lego, Lego figurines? What have they sent in Lego? Oh, NASA has a long-standing partnership with Lego. Oh, okay. Uh, any of you that have children know that Legos are very popular with kids as well as uh, really sh helping to teach them about building and engineering. See, the problem I've got was sending uh, like nuggets up there or pizza. If it's intercepted by aliens and they're thinking about landing here, all right, they think about coming to the Earth, 
are they going to be impressed by chicken nuggets? Are they just going to... This is because we had... We already know uh, uh, the aliens discovered Smash. They hit them with their metal knives. <laughs> For Mash get Smash. But I'm just worried about that because we've got to keep the aliens uh, in space on our side. And we don't want them to think we're a bit thick. Hey, are you a dolphin, wolf, bear or a lion? Experts reveal how knowing your sleep personality could help boost your uh, productivity, productivity and, in, and, uh, and succeed in your job. Right. Australian sheep, uh, sleep expert, not sheep expert. Olivia Arizola. This sounds a bit Italian. I explained how chronotype, you're a chronotype, uh, bears slump in productivity with uh, an early afternoon while wolves are better at night. Oh, I see, right, yeah. I used to be quite a night owl. I used to stay up late and write jokes. But uh, the jokes are just so bad now, I don't, there's no point, really. I've got nowhere to use the jokes either at the moment. An Australian uh, sleep expert has explained how knowing your chronotype can help boost, oh, there's Ralph out. Ralph's out for a walk. He's uh, dressed up today. He can't be. He work, Ralph works in the fields. He's a, like some kind of entertainment manager for people who pick things in the fields. I think he does magic tricks and things. An Australian sleep expert has explained how knowing your chronotype can help boost your productivity at work and keep your accountable account, keep you accountable to deadlines. All right, chronotypes is your. So I'm going to write that. Yeah. <clears throat> Chronotypes. Chronotypes. Okay. It outlines your individual circadian rhythm. Oh, yeah. Oh, and I've got to write this down. Uh, individual circadian? I said it first. I didn't say it right the first time. Circadian. Yeah, circadian. Individual circadian rhythm. Okay, so the oh, she, she looks really nice, the uh, dead scientist. Uh, you've got your bear. Uh, the bear uh, the, the rise when the sun does and lose energy as it sets. All right, so you got you might be one of those. You got wolves are considered light owls and are most productive in the early afternoon and later in the evening. Okay, uh, or what is it? Uh, oh, where's where's the dolphin bit? Is there a dolphin one about dolphins? Must be a dolphin bit. Where's my dolphin bit? Lion, you could be a lion. Uh, these people are the opposite of wolves. You'll probably find them rising before the sun does, exercise in the early hours of the morning. Yeah, we've got people like that in the gated community. Dolphin. Uh, this 10% of the population struggle with uh, sleeping in general and often wake up irritable and are unable to function in the afternoon hours. I didn't see dolphins as being irritable, did you? Mind you, have you seen the way they attack seals? Yeah, they're not, they're not great with the seals. They're a bit bullish with the seals. All right, so yeah, that's it. Uh, Olivia's 10-step uh, bedroom routine, create a sleep sanctuary. Block blue light. Set a good night alarm for your phone. Diffuse lav lavender. <sighs> Have an evening shower or bath. No, I don't, that wakes me up. Drink chamomile tea. <sighs> take a magnesium supplement. I can't take supplements because it didn't work. Practice gratitude. 
Think about what you're grateful for. Okay. Last night, meditate. Try meditation. I've tried that. My brain goes, practice deep breathing. Yeah, well, try. Yeah, that's not a bad one. Practice deep breathing. Um, what's the time? Hello. What have I done here? Oh, 24 minutes. All right. I've just got to give you this one. It's a warning. Ghost warning, a ghost hunter warns Poundlands or one, one pound Halloween Ouija boards could unleash deadly demons. Paul Masters, he must be a ghost hunter. Got crew cut as well. Uh, Paul Masters warned nasty spirits could scratch and attack people and called for Ouija boards to be scrapped from shelves. A paranormal investigator slammed them. Right, that's how, that's Paul. These, yeah, it could be released by dev devices that are in the hands of anyone but spiritual medium. medium sorry, <clears throat> talk about ghosts and my throat goes. Is that weird? Sorry. Mm. <sighs> and yeah, you know, so spiritual mediums are the only ones who can handle a Ouija board. Do you think he's got one to sell? The ghost hunter, who is a member of the True Paranormal Events UK, uh, said he was gobsmacked when he saw the spirit bird on sale for just one pound in his local budget store. He warned nasty spirits could scratch and attack people. He wants some. He wants them scrapped. He told Hull Live. Well, you weren't there. If you're going to talk about Ouija boards, always tell Hull Live because they are the top newspaper for it. Ouija boards are most certainly not a toy and should not be available for kids to buy in pound shops for Halloween. Never mind adults that are not trained how to use them. <laughs> it does not matter if they're plastic or wood. If the planchet smells the word Zeus, it is a demon trying to come through. I should not even say the name too late. I've just said it. Never mind. Well, is anything going to happen now? Never mind continuing to write. So if you get Zeus, if you spell out Z, uh, 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 it's Zeus. E Ouija boards are marked with the letters of the alphabet and are numbers, and some believe that dead are able to contact. All hell could break loose if the demon attacks itself to anyone and follow them around. Hmm. I, we used to do Ouija boards when I was a wee boy. Well, yeah, when you're teenagers, but it was usually, you know, Jimmy McLaughlin used to uh, just tap under the table. I knew it was him. Anyway, I better go, everybody. Uh, wear your mask. Uh, I think we're, I think another lockdown's in uh, the offing, but please, if you could write to your MP and just say, what about getting us a track and trace, the local track and trace people, stop using Circle, stop spending billions on stuff that doesn't work. We will go with the lockdown as long as you've got a decent track and trace. All right, that's what we need to say to them. But always wear a mask, folks. Uh, you know, Wear a mask whenever you feel you need to, and certainly indoors. But if you need to wear a mask outside, go for it. Just do it. Don't worry about anybody else. Worry only about you. Right, okay, I'll see you soon. I don't want to do for I might go out uh, for a wee walk later on around the Gator community. I might do that. I might... Uh, oh, it's, primary, it's PMQ today. It's Prime Minister Question. Yeah, I'll probably watch that. Have a lovely day, and I'll see you soon. I love you all. Mwah.